Welcome to The Paleo View. I'm bestselling author and co-creator of realeverything.com, Stacey Toth. I focus on being healthy inside and out through real life, food, and talk. I'm Dr. Sarah Ballantyne, New York Times bestselling author and creator of thepaleomom.com. I'm passionate about improving scientific literacy around public health topics. I like hashtags and bone broth. And I'm just a super nerd. Welcome back, listeners. You are tuned in to episode 315 of The Paleo View, and I feel so <laughs> silly because I'm trying like, try to be a little more professional, and it's just wrong. I can't even okay. do it. Okay, so this is what our listeners will probably get to hear in the bloopers, was that that was the third attempt <laughs> to be off the cuff. <laughs> I mean, I think we just we just we just go on with the podcast now. But um, that, that, that was welcome back, listeners. This is episode three fifteen of the Paleo View. No, see, I can't do it either. I just sound. I it sound very librarian. Yeah. So here's you my know, problem: is I have been listening to Binge Mode, which is a podcast currently dedicated to Harry Potterness, and they like. The first season, they dived into Game of Thrones, and they do a lot of pop culture deep dives, and I'm really enjoying it because, as I've mentioned before on the show, I have my bachelor's degree in cultural criticism. Like, this kind of thing is exactly what I loved in diving into the text and finding all of the hidden messages and, you know, what could it mean culturally and that kind of stuff. So I'm super into it which I have not listened to a podcast in years simply because I listen to one once a week. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't have a long commute. And, you know, I kind of really enjoy letting my brain breathe on my short commute to and from work. So I came to the podcast, (laughs) this podcast that you're listening to, and I was like, hey, I'm going to try to be professional. Um, But I can't. I, you know, I'm not going to apologize because I am what I am. And if you've hung in for 315 episodes, you can't expect me to change today. So there you have it. Well, and I I also, I've listened to a few podcasts lately that are more like audio documentaries. Like they're really cool. And I don't know if the one that you're listening to is like that. But they have like sound clips and like, it's like, all and yes. they're interviewing like 20 people and then they're they're piecing these amazing stories all together and yeah. it's super super cool but it's not that's that's a hard i mean that's not a thing that, that that's totally what's happening here these are it, this you know it's these people are paid this is their full-time job they that's not a, that's not a fair comparison okay all right well thank you that makes me feel slightly better on to more exciting things i know that we have a topic today but i just wanted to tell you sarah are you ready? I think so. I don't know. Should I sit down? You're, I mean, maybe. You can probably okay. handle standing for this one. Okay. But we fixed our roof rack and we put the paddleboard and the kayak and the other paddleboard on and we took it on the four and a half hour drive to Smith Mountain Lake and I paddleboard all weekend and learned how to freaking like parallel park that baby. Like, I. <laughs> 
not just a little bit of stand up paddle boarding and moving, but but all say, of it. Yeah, suffice it to say, I feel comfortable standing. And I just want to thank our listeners and our audience because when I shared my video of me actually standing up and paddling for the first time on video on Instagram, um, which that coordination was not something I could do. I could stand and then I just kind of would stand there like I can't move. <laughs> um, so when I finally figured out how to move, I was super excited. I shared about it and people were like, hey, Stacy, you know, it would be easier if you did this thing and this thing. And first of all, we have the best um, audience because they didn't tell me like, you should do this or you did this wrong. It was like they all knew not to use the should word. Thankfully. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> they've heard me say that before. Um, so I just, you know, first of all, thank you for being awesome. Second of all, approached it in the way that I was willing to listen so that I was then able to implement those changes. And it they were right. It absolutely was so much easier. Maybe I should have watched a YouTube video <laughs> before trying to do it myself <laughs> several times. Who knows? But anyway, I was so excited because I know you were kind of interested in my paddleboard yeah. journey. So, um, and then we had the roof rack situation I told you about. And finally, everything got fixed. And my goal was to be able to stand up by the end of the summer. And not only did I stand up, but I'm like fully paddleboarding. And the summer is over. My kids are in school, which I know your kids have been in school for a long time, but yeah. we're all able so to acknowledge that like they don't have a regular summer, so it doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> different states have different schedules and it's fine. No state is better than any other state. Just, just making that statement. I agree. And you know that Matthew is on board with you. If he could send the kids back. And never have a summer, he would sign up for that. I mean, my kids did still have 10 weeks off. They just started the week before Memorial Day weekend. So uh, it felt, by the time they went back to school, it felt like it was uh, really about time <laughs> for all of us. Um, but yeah, it's sort of strange to think that there's uh, people listening whose kids have not gone back to school yet. And my kids have been back to school for a month and we're like already into all of our routine and all of the after school activities have started. And, we, you know, like it's, we're just in the flow now. Um, but I love, I love, like, we we had a, I think, a harder than usual adjustment because my oldest, Adele, is in middle school now. So we now have the, like, the one in middle school and the one in elementary school. And where we are, middle school gets out two hours after elementary school. So she's literally getting home two hours after her little sister, which is great for, like, you know, mother-daughter time for Mira, but it's like, I feel like I'm hardly, I'm hardly seeing Adele at all, like sh ships in the wind and all that. So it's taken some time to sort of figure out when to cook, when to cook dinner was actually my, my biggest struggle. I know that seems really trite, but that was, that was the thing that I really struggled with the most of like, how do I, how do I accommodate everybody's needs with a, with a meal where we get to eat as a family? And, um, but now, you know, like the problem is solved, figured it out. 615 is the answer. And, you know, we've, we've, you know, we've got, yeah, we're, we're, we're into the groove of it. I'm happy to hear that, but also had no doubt. Um, your girls are troopers and they love school. So of course. They do love school. They yeah. really do. Yeah. Um, well, that's what I have to share this week. I'm super excited and 
as I mentioned, I am previously on the last podcast, Cole was turning 13 and I am now officially the parent to a teenager. So there's that. Um, also I found an gray eyebrow hair. Um, so things are looking great. As a blonde highlight. Yeah, no, it wasn't. Um, (laughs) (laughs) and my kitchen has, um, still underway. I hope that, um, in the near future, I can come to you with relief about all of that, but there you go. There you have it. There's our life updates. Um, and of course, if you need to need an update sooner than that, Sarah and I are always on social media, so you can touch base with us there. It's true. It's a place we hang out. I know that we've got a great show, and we even have a sponsor for our listeners this week. And it's a company I know that you love and have been I using. Do. When I really do. I, I like I really, really do. Like, I didn't, I'm super excited. I didn't even know about this product when you and I saw each other last. And I remember you specifically telling me how much you love this product and how you hadn't really changed other things in your life, but you'd started using this product and were loving how you were feeling. And so I'm excited to share it with our listeners. You ready? Or are we just going to... We need like a little drum roll. <laughs> that didn't sound anything like a drum roll. No. Matt, cue the drum roll. The product is Juve, which means probably nothing to half of our listeners. <laughs> it meant nothing to me. <laughs> now I know what it is, but at the time I was like, what are you talking about? So it is a uh, red light and near-infrared light therapy panel. So probably a lot of our listeners have heard about the benefits of red light and like infrared saunas. And actually, we have a question that is exactly about like, I've heard all of these things. What should I be looking for? And we'll we'll get to Terry's question in a minute. But I did want to share a little bit about my personal experience with Juve because I've been using mine for over a year. And... Uh, This was one of those situations where, uh, you know, as a uh, blogger and author and podcaster with a fairly large audience, uh, Juve approached me and said, would you like to try our product? And I was like, "Eh, I don't, you know, I don't talk about products unless I use them personally and I love them. And I just think, you know, like I think they're amazing and the company has to meet, you know, really high standards for me to, to talk about them. So I was like, red light, what, what, what's that about? And uh, so I started sort of digging in, you know, I did my standard go to PubMed and start digging in. I was like, oh, wait, there's a ton of science uh, about red light therapy. And so then I started reading more about Juve and I was like, sure, like, let me try it. Like, uh, you know, there's some good science here. Let's see what happens. And within four days, (laughs) I contacted the company and I was like, what do I have to do to get the bigger unit? I will do anything. I love this. So I'm addicted already in four days. This thing is amazing. Um, And one of the things that I agreed to do was have them like come out and talk with me and interview me about my experience with Juve, which is now on YouTube and we can put a link in the show notes so you can go and watch that. Um, But I was like, excellent trade. (laughs) Yes, because I was so enthusiastic. It made such a huge difference to my health. And we'll we'll talk a lot about all of the different ways uh, red light and infrared light therapy can 
benefit you, but I've been using it consistently now for a year. And if life gets in the way and I say miss, I, I typically use it for 20 minutes uh, a day, most days. I don't, it's not actually seven days a week. It's probably five days a week. Um, but if I ever like find just a week is crazy and I don't get to use it, I feel it. It is amazing to me how quickly I'll feel lethargic. My fibromyalgia joint pain will come back. Um, that's actually probably the biggest thing, but I'll notice I'm not recovering at the gym as well. Um, I'll, like it, it really is quite a, a noticeable physical feeling of, uh, oh, I'm missing this. And then when I do get that moment of getting back in front of my juve, I'm like, it's, it's the most, the only way I can explain it is like sheer relief. Like it is just like, oh, here, like this is, it's felt, it feels like when you, when you first get your morning coffee after you've had a really bad sleep and like coffee is the thing that makes your life feel like it's going to be okay. Like it, it feels like that, but without the sleep deprivation or the caffeine high, it's just light. Um, but it's, it's wonderful. So I was super excited when Juve offered to sponsor a podcast because, uh, I have loved it. I, I, the science is super compelling and my personal experience has just been like so convincing about the power of this device. I personally recently got one because of how much you love it. Mm -hmm. And I have not yet installed anything new in my home because I have a frightening oh. construction situation happening, which no. means that all of my downstairs is in my upstairs and it's, you know, just a situation. But what I do love is that it came with like a door hook. Mm -hmm. And so Matt has actually been using it throughout the day. He's able to like put it on the door and he said he stands in front of it for like five to 10 minutes and then is able to take it down and put it out of sight for me. Cause I can't <laughs> do clutter. I'm like the clutter situation in our house right now is putting me into a state of stress, but, um, I love that the, I think it's the, the duo, um, there's multiple options now that I don't even think were available when you got yours. I don't know which oh, one you have, but there's like a giant one, which is essentially if you stood in front of it, it would do full body and you wouldn't need to move it, would it do from like full above body you. for a big person. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, you know, it goes all the way down to essentially a mini, which would just be for your face. So one of the interesting things that we'll get into on in the science of it is, you know, it can help with faster cellular regeneration, which we did talk about on our Blue Light Sun um, podcast. And um, so if someone has, for example, acne scarring or still has acne, they might want to just even try with the mini. And then if you love it and it's working for you, they can kind of interlock like a yeah, Lego type system. They're completely modular now. So this was not yeah. something that existed when I got mine a year ago. This is brand new, but they are all modular. So you can literally start with the mini, see if you like it and add on. Like the Solo is their sort of base unit, but it's about twice the size of the Mini. And the Mini is still modular though. So whichever size you get, you can, yeah, literally like attach them together like Lego. And if you want like the, the giant one, which is called the Elite, which is like three panels wide by two panels tall, um, 
if that's not enough for you, you can still add more Lego or you could do like what I, what I dream of is cause I have, <laughs> is, like, I just going to panel my entire office wall. <laughs> I just, I just want to create like a sandwich that I can get in between of juves. So mine right now hangs off of my bedroom door, but now I want to get like another one with a stand because you can either get, uh, you can either get a stand for each unit. So it, uh, actually, no, that's not true. You're going to get stands for the two largest units. So the quad or the elite. Uh, so that's um, like four of the, the base unit, which is called the solo or six. Um, but the any other size, you can get the special like they just hang off the back of the door. Like it's just any door and, and it's really easy to install. I would say even my big one that's a little bit heavier was maybe I was fiddling with it quite extensively to figure out exactly what height I wanted it to hang from. So I probably fiddled with it for 10 minutes. Um, and if I hadn't been so like, no, I want it to be at three inches over my eyes. Like I really had this like specific where I wanted it to be lined up. And if I hadn't been like that, I could have had it installed in probably under five. So they just hang off of the back of your door, but they've stands now. So you can have it as like a rolling freestanding unit. If that makes more sense for your space. But what I want to do is I want to do both. And then I want to, instead of like, so that compared to like an infrared sauna. So first of all, it's two different wavelengths. So it actually has more therapeutic value than an infrared sauna. That's one of the big differences. Um, but the other thing is it's, it's uh, unidirectional. So it's a panel that hangs on your door. So in order to get sort of full body benefits, you have to flip yourself like a pancake. So I do 10 minutes facing and 10 minutes facing away. Um, and that's, you know, people find... You know, you can get therapeutic benefits in as little as five minutes. Uh, you can easily go up to like 30 or 40 before you start to cap out what you're going, the benefits you're going to see. But uh, 20 minutes is like perfect for me most days. And so that's, but that's, you know, I think if like if I could sandwich it, then I could do 10 minutes, but then it would be like glorious because it would just be standing in like this giant mini bright red room. I am having a hard time envisioning that not being silly. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But I do think that it says a lot about how much you love this product. And I will point out that when we, like I said, when we were hanging out before, you were like going on and on and on about this product. So I'm excited Uh for us to kind of get into the actual science and, and answer the question on this so people can understand what we're talking about. But if you've never heard of Juve before, it's J O O V V dot com and then you can specifically check it out at j o o v v dot com forward slash paleo view so um hopefully please, please go there because if you if you do go and learn about it you'll see uh what we think about it but you'll also um if you decide to buy one we get we we get credit for sending you so super appreciate if you go to that extra work of putting in the forward slash paleo view yes uh, and helping to support the podcast is always appreciated. Um, again, so that's juve.com slash paleo view. So let's read Terry's question. I am considering purchasing a red light therapy device. I have read about the sweet spots and the nanometers needed to be beneficial. I don't want to waste any money. So are they effective or just a fad? I am most interested in skin rejuvenation, surface capillaries, joint and muscle effects. Thank you, Sarah. I value your advice. There are so many scam artists out there. Hard to know what to believe. I was not expecting 
a scam artist reference, but <laughs> how awesome that we are trusted because we do sincerely try to go to the science always and also be very honest about the products that we both use and love. And I will honestly tell you, I've known Sarah for five or six Six. years at this point. We've been podcasting for over six, which means you've probably known me for almost seven. Yeah. Um, That makes sense because I've been doing the paleo gig thing for like eight and a half. So anyway, all of that time, we both have never talked about or supported or done anything that we wouldn't personally buy and use ourselves. So um, hearing Terry say that she values your advice and that we are not, not scam artists um, <laughs> is appreciated. Nor, nor we that try. we would take a scam artist as a, as a podcast sponsor. Right. I think the other thing that perhaps sets us apart, which really shouldn't, I, I really think that I use the should word, but this is one of those times where it, it's it's really important because it frustrates me that this is not the standard is we would also never recommend something based purely on an N equals one experiment. So I respect bioindividuality, but I would never say this thing worked for me. Therefore, I recommend this for everyone. I would only recommend something that worked for me if I also had scientific evidence to back up that this is not a individualized effect, but something that uh, has capacity to work for at least the majority of people. So I think that that is one of the reasons why we've been able to sort of earn this reputation is that we're not pure N equals oneers. Absolutely. And I think that that's really important for a larger message. Um, I know for me personally, even before I was paleo, there were things that I would learn about, like medical studies on medication are almost always performed on men because you don't have the additional hormones of uh, menstruation and different things like that. And so it's like, well, wait, (laughs) but I have that, like, they're not testing that at me, you know, so it's, it's important to understand when someone in particular says that something works for them, they have different hormones than you, or they have different, you know, experience or whatever the case may be. So that's why I love you getting into the science. So shall we dive in? Yeah. Uh, So the science that the Juve red light therapy and other similar devices um, uses is something called photobiomodulation, which basically means that you're creating a biological effect with light. And this entire field of research dates back to the 1960s. Um, There was a Hungarian researcher named Andre Mester, who discovered that uh, shining light, and it was like what's called sort of low-level laser light, which is very similar wavelengths to the Juve, right? It's, it's red wavelengths, on shaved mice caused their hair to grow back more quickly. And he also showed that it simulated wound healing. So if um, they had a a wound, uh, say a, a nick from being shaved, that that would heal more rapidly. And that was the beginning of this entire field. So by the 1970s, um, Mester was using low-level lasers on humans and to help treat uh, non-healing skin ulcers, which is a big problem in diabetes. And 
this just has become this this gigantic field. Um, there, it's used a lot in uh, sort of medi spas, in cosmetic dermatology. The idea of red light and near infrared light, um, not just not just the hypothesis that it it helps speed healing, but we now have definitive mechanistic understanding of exactly how it works. So this has just become just a huge field of research. It is uh, incredibly uh, well understood. There's over 300 published clinical studies on red light therapy, 200 of which are double-blinded and randomized and placebo-controlled, which is like the gold standard for a clinical trial. And something that is really hard to get in cosmetic fields, in weight loss fields, um, in the type of uh, areas of research where we're evaluating the effects of red light because it's so challenging to actually, you know, blind both the the person being treated and the researcher treating them. So it's really exciting to see this huge of a body of substantiating scientific literature. And the effects are, they're, they're varied, they're impressive. Um, the, the more that studies that go on to evaluate what else red light and near-infrared light can do, it just adds to the excitement. So just for example, there's a variety of benefits to skin. So it's using it's being used for acne management and wrinkle reduction and scar reduction and stretch mark reduction and uh, skin rejuvenation and cellular regeneration, like all of these different things that, that basically have to do with a skin appearance. But it's also being used to aid weight loss. Uh, it's being used in oral health improvement, so dental health. It improves muscle recovery. It can actually um, not just improve muscle recovery directly, but it can impact hormones that lead to muscle repair and growth after a workout. It improves sleep quality. It enhances thyroid health. It's actually been used in people with uh, autoimmune hypothyroidism, which we'll talk about in more detail in a bit, and shown that it uh, reduces or eliminates their need for thyroid hormone replacement. Um, it's been shown to reduce joint pain and inflammation, especially in arthritis. Like the, the science just, it's so exciting and so impressive, the variety of the effects that red light therapy can have. And the reason why it has such a spectrum, pardon the pun, of uh, health effects is the way it works is through uh, this like thing in our mitochondria called chromophores. So these are um, th these molecules that are able to absorb certain wavelengths of photons, so certain wavelengths of light, and it it um, excites their electrons into a higher energy orbit. But then the mitochondria have that energy to be able to use towards a variety of sort of cellular tasks, most notably the production of ATP or adenosine triphosphate, which is the energy currency of all cells. So we think about glucose as being our energy, but it's not really. Glucose has to be converted into ATP to be able to actually fuel all of the chemical reactions that are happening in our cells at any given moment. And what synthesizes ATP 
is our mitochondria. So what red light and near-infrared light therapy do, it's like these very specific wavelengths, they can actually increase ATP production in our mitochondria by up to 200%, which is crazy because that has all of these extra effects of improving cellular health, uh, which then, of course, if you're improving cellular health, you're improving everything that that cell does. Um, it helps to uh, sort of synthesize sort of like a spring cleanup in the cell. Um, it helps to um, improve cell viability, cell regeneration, cell turnover. And and again, sort of any, any uh, if it's a endocrine cell, right? It's, it's making some kind of hormones. It's going to be better at its job. It's going to be more efficient. So just bypassing our entire metabolism and increasing ATP in these cells has all of these amazing downstream effects. And it's, it's not even just that. So like what we also know is that red light therapy is changing transcription factors, which modulate what DNA is being mapped into proteins. So a transcription factor will tell you if this if this DNA is going to get make this protein or or not. So it's basically churning signals at DNA level on and off. So it's like an epigenetic factor. And so we know that red light and near infrared therapy uh, induces DNA transcription factors that play a role in protein synthesis, which is probably one of the reasons why we see improvements in uh, hormones, we see improvements in muscle recovery, right? If you're synthesizing protein, you're synthesizing everything that a cell makes. Um, you see modulation of important um, inflammatory mediators, including cytokines, which are these like, chemical mediators of inflammation. You're impacting uh, cell proliferation, which means cell division and growth. Um, you're impacting a whole pile of growth factors, which are chemicals that then stimulate things like muscle recovery, tissue repair, collagen formation. Uh, it's controlling angiogenesis, which is the growth of new blood vessels. It's improving tissue oxygenation. It's having some important uh, roles in terms of modulating important antioxidant enzymes. So it's increasing the production activity of important enzymes like superoxide dismutase. Um, it is improving liver regeneration. It is very anti-inflammatory, but it also has immune modulating effects. And it's been shown to actually help central nervous system health, uh, which is relevant to recovery from traumatic brain injury and neurodegenerative disease by increasing bone-derived neurotropic factor, which is one of these like magic things that does so much in our bodies and anything we can do that increases bone-derived neurotropic factor improves CNS health. So we've got this huge collection of things that are being modulated, like literally at the, are we turning this thing on or off level? There's also an added effect of modulating the production of oxygen radicals or what are called reactive oxygen species. So these are the oxygen type molecules that can cause oxidative damage. Um, and it's, again, sort of modulating things like antioxidant enzymes, um, but in a way that actually really favors uh, our antioxidant capacity. And then in, in terms of the immune system, this is even more exciting because it's one of those, um, it, because it's improving cellular health 
and signaling, right? It's improving things that turn things on and off. It's improving the chemical messengers of inflammation. So what it has, it's not an anti, straight, strictly anti-inflammatory effect, although it, it is strongly anti-inflammatory, but it's not like it's anti-inflammatory because it's immune suppressing. It's um, immune modulating or immune balancing. And so it actually promotes something that's called M1-related immunoregulation, which basically has to do with uh, the immune system trying to determine uh, what what subparts are going to get turned on or off. And because it helps to balance, it is incredibly beneficial for antiviral immunity, so helping our immune system fight viruses, uh, anti-tumor immunity, so helping our immune systems detect cancerous cells and kill them before they become actual cancer. And it's relevant for the pathogenesis of autoimmune disease. So we see these like it's anti-inflammatory, it improves wound healing, uh, but it also balances the immune system. And there's even some research to show that red light therapy can reverse age-related immune dysfunction. So it can not just make your skin look younger, but it can literally make your immune system behave younger, which is super like I'm just nerding out, which I guess everyone can hear because I just think this is so cool that literally it's the energy deposition into these you know, compounds in our mitochondria that are known to react to light. So we have these things in our mitochondria that that's their job is to absorb light and then take that energy and drive it towards uh, the cellular machinery and, and, you know, cell functions and they are particularly sensitive to these specific wavelengths of light and red wavelengths and near infrared. It's just fascinating. And then in terms of um, the skin health benefits, a large part of that is through direct effects on fibroblasts, which are collagen forming cells that are in all of our tissues. It actually enhances the production of growth factors that stimulate fibroblast activity. And that then uh, increases cell division of fibroblasts, their maturity, their motility. So, for example, if you have a wound, fibroblasts will move into the into the scrape or whatever it is to help um, produce new skin cells and help produce the collagen and extracellular matrix that that skin can grow in. If those cells can move faster, that wound heals faster. So that's a really neat way of directly seeing the impact on wound healing. And um, and then there's a, a noticeable increase in collagen formation, which is one of the reasons that and the effects on the immune system. That's one of the reasons for all of the skin and joint health benefits of red light and near infrared light therapy. I wish you could see my face. As you've been talking, my eyes have just gotten like bigger and bigger. I genuinely did not look at your notes before the podcast as usual. And <laughs> poor Sarah, I like the big reveal when, when we're talking. <laughs> that's the, tr- that's, that's the real reason. Um, no, but I cannot believe how many things you're telling me the science is supporting improvement in health from red light therapy. Like this is strongly insane. Like, like I'm insane. looking at your list and it's pages long and you just kept talking and talking and I wanted to be like, wait, let's go back to the liver. Wait, <laughs> let's go back to the, oh, collagen. Like everything that you said, I'm like, what, what? Um, and I know that we're going to get into some of the specifics that I'm interested in. For example, joint pain and thyroid health. I know that we have a lot of people about that. And I know, um, 
knowing about the benefits to skin health will be super beneficial to me. So maybe can we talk about that mechanism and the benefits, like what you're seeing in particular for some of these things that you just rattled off and blew yeah. my mind? I know. I, I, I think that the diversity of effects is so fascinating. And it's one of the things that um, I guess, you know, we know that there's a lot of things out there, right? Supplements, um, dietary protocols that are designed to improve mitochondrial health and mitochondrial function, right? So there's this recognition that if our mitochondria are sort of sluggish and they're not producing the ATP that they need to produce, that that impacts every system in the human body, right? That's what the WALS protocol is based on. Her nutrient density approach was completely focused on uh, providing the nutrients that the mitochondria need to thrive. And you can imagine that something like red light and near-infrared light therapy is going to be even more effective in the context of nutrient sufficiency where the mitochondria have all those really, really important nutrients. And then all you're doing is then feeding them energy. That's basically what this therapy does is it feeds them energy. If they also have the nutritional resources, then they're just going to be able to do everything that they're supposed to do super efficiently, which is going to mean the entire cell gets to do everything it's supposed to do super efficiently. And what's super – like this is what <sighs> – what is mind blowing to me is that we see effects, for example, like you mentioned liver uh, regeneration. I, I didn't put notes into, uh, you know, those papers in detail. So I don't have, I don't have numbers to quote like I do for some of these other effects, but this is literally like topically applied red light and near infrared. Uh, so it's applied to your skin and you're literally seeing improvements in liver health, right? That's, that's deep in there. So this is – it's literally from this um, – the fact that you're, you're certainly getting you know, blood cells as they're traveling through the skin. Uh, red light and near-infrared light therapy can go – can travel. Uh, I think it's red light that can go a little bit deeper. So they can go you know, a couple of centimeters in. But it's, it's like the liver is deeper than that for most of us anyways. So to think that it's – this improvement in cellular health that's that's literally raising our, our basal metabolic rate, it's uh, changing our immune systems, it's impacting all of these different signaling molecules, and that those things are traveling through our body and able to support the health of tissues that can't actually be directly radiated. If you think about joint health, you know, most of our joints, I mean, our fingers and toes are, are out there. But if you're talking about like our knees or our hip joints, right, they're, they're, there's a lot of tissue over top of them. So to think of red light and near-infrared light therapy being able to benefit those tissues because of the overall health benefit, it's, it's super exciting. And I, um, I really, this is not the first time I've, I've dived into this research. I, I just sort of went back to uh, some of my old notes and looked at some papers that have been published since, uh, since I wrote my blog posts on the Juve. And it's so exciting to me. And so I, I sit and I go, why do we have chromophores? What, like, what, like, why do our mitochondria even have these molecules that are responsive to light? And I think... First of all, mitochondria are like a really unique um, structure within our cells. So they actually are not 
truly human. They're uh, sort of like a it's it's almost like a virus that lives inside every single cell, but it's better than that because it's a mitochondria. And uh, did you know that you inherit all of your mitochondria from your mom? So it's not part of the genetic, Thanks, right? <laughs> so it's not part of the genetic um, merger that happens upon fertilization. So the mitochondria comes purely from the the, the mother, and um, and so it's. And it's maybe one of the reason why there's more diseases that follow a maternal heritage than a paternal heritage, which is fascinating because it might go back to mitochondria. But so mitochondria have probably existed since before the first single cell organisms, which is fascinating. Um, they, they probably, you know, they came somewhere in between individual proteins and single cell organisms. So they're... A, they're right back to the earliest life that has evolved. And so it would have evolved in an environment where there was light. But then when you think about, you know, animal cells all have mitochondria. Like this is a, this is a thing. Cells have mitochondria. So, so in our evolution, how important were these chromophores? How important was light? When you think about humans that live outside, infrared light does not travel very well through stuff. So the only way to really get infrared light exposure in nature is to be only partially clothed outside. So infrared doesn't even travel through clothes very well. So that's one of the reasons why the best uh, scenario for juving is to juve buck naked um so evidently fun, fun fact one on each side in a red room yeah yeah <laughs> just like like a like a pan, almost almost pancake like you know two feet apart something like that yeah um <laughs> so uh definitely that's why hanging it on a bedroom door or a bathroom door definitely advised not a front door um so so in if you think about human evolution we would have had much more energy deposition from infrared light throughout our day than we did basically as soon as we started developing uh, clothing and structures and, and moving to cooler climates where we needed clothing to stay warm. And red light, we would have had a lot more exposures to red wavelengths by using fire to cook, for fire to light in, in the evenings, even like candles. That would have exposed us to a lot more red light. So I think that, you know, it's hard to draw a direct comparison between our lack of exposure to these wavelengths of light over the last few hundred years and like all of the other things that came with it that have also contributed to chronic disease. But I actually think that potentially one of the things that's happening with red light and near-infrared light therapy is that we are replenishing a natural mitochondrial energy source that we're no longer exposed to in Western countries. I guess that makes sense to me. I <laughs> honestly have a difficult time wrapping my brain around mitochondria. And I've even seen Terry Wall speak. And I get it. It's the, I, I mean, I say I get it, but I'm using air quotations. <laughs> um, it's the essence of who we are. Uh, but at the same time, for you to say it was around before single cell creatures, like my brain's exploding. Um, but if that's, if that's the, 
the basis of our bodies than feeding it what it needs, obviously, would make sense as to why um, it would have such an impact across overall health. I think what's uh, even more interesting to me that you pointed out is because that's the mechanism that's causing the improvement to be on a nutrient-dense diet or an autoimmune paleo approach or something like that, it's even more beneficial because that nutrient sufficiency is there for then when the mitochondria are, I'm going to use the word activated and you can correct me if you're wrong. Um, it's, it's there to replenish it in a more sufficient way. So for these people who are already doing so much for their health, the results and the statistics of all of these things that you have would probably be even greater um, if done on a paleo type study. Is that correct? I mean, we, I, that is my postulation. Yeah, we don't have a, it's a hypothesis. Right? Yes. yes. Um, you know, we don't have studies that have looked at red light, near infrared light therapy in different, you know, nutritional status situations or, or dietary situations. But um, it makes sense to me if you, you can think of the mitochondria as like the power plants of our cell. They're literally making the energy or like the electricity that that you would be going to your house, that you do everything in your house with that electricity, right? Think of all the different things in your house that use electricity. Uh, the mitochondria are like that for the cell. So the little power plants, they make the energy that everything in that cell uses to to power, right? To power it. So it's um, – there's basically – you there's – literally thousands of chemical reactions that could not occur in a cell without ATP, without energy. So the mitochondria are making that energy for us. And they use, it's a really complex chemical reaction. It uses a lot of nutrients. Uh, B vitamins especially are really important in the production of ATP. And so I can imagine that in a, in a way the red light deposition is bypassing a lot of those nutritional needs, but that what's going to happen is if you have the nutritional needs and the red light therapy together, you're going to have even more effective production of ATP and, you know, generally, you know, all of the chemical reactions that are required by your cell are going to be more effective if they actually have all of the raw materials as well. Awesome. Thanks for breaking it down for us layman people. <laughs> so let's, us, I, I, us English degrees. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, let's talk a little bit about some of the, I, I um, took some notes on some of the, what I thought was like exciting, but probably also relevant for our listeners um, effects uh, with some actual numbers. And I, um, let's go through that quickly. I, I know we're, we're starting to get into a long podcast, but I want to make sure that I have time to go through some of these really cool effects. So there have been uh, a few dozen studies looking at red light therapy and near infrared light therapy in joint pain. And there's actually been so many studies that they've been able to do some like meta analyses where they're basically looking at the average results over all of these studies. And on average, they actually like literally conclude that red light and near infrared light therapy is a good alternative to NSAIDs in terms of relieving joint pain, including having similar effectiveness and no side effects. So NSAIDs, 
right? Non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs like aspirin or Motrin. Um, they have a variety of side effects, including increasing uh, stomach ulcers. Um, they do impact uh, gut health. So they, they do create increased intestinal permeability or a leaky gut. Um, if you're sensitive to them, you can have side effects like ears ringing and none of that's found with light therapy, like that there's zero side effects. And so um, these studies have actually shown that it is effective, non-invasive, cost-efficient, safe, and can be used for a variety of different conditions that are affecting joints. So inflammatory joint disorder disorders or like chronic degenerative joint disorders. And it's, it's appropriate for both. And there's uh, studies, there was one study that I, I grabbed. What they actually showed was uh, light therapy reduced uh, pain in rheumatoid arthritis patients by 70%, that's 70%. Uh, it reduced the duration of morning stiffness by 27 and a half minutes, which is a huge percentage of the time where that, that stiffness is, is really uh, invasive on quality of life in rheumatoid arthritis. And it increased fingertip to palm flexibility in these people by uh, 1.3 centimeters, which is like a really large range of motion when rheumatoid arthritis is completely freezing up the joints in your hands. So like that's, that's, a really substantial effect and you would be hard pressed to find anything else in the medical literature that by itself has that big of an effect. And again, I sort of postulate that when you combine that with an anti-inflammatory diet and sufficient sleep and, uh, you know, activity and uh, stress management that you're going to take that therapeutic effect and magnify it. It's, I don't want to say it's crazy because it's, it's awesome. Like this is incredible. Um, and in a placebo controlled tr trial, nonetheless. So, um, I think I'm going <laughs> to, Matt, I need you to force me to, <laughs> to make sure to get in front of the light. Just, just I'm always like, I'm always like, no, cause then I got to put it away and I got to take time. But you know what? Uh, I'm, I'm thinking it's going to be <laughs> worth it. <laughs> Uh, so you might find the thyroid health even more relevant. Yes. Um, there's been a few studies that have actually looked at the effect of red light therapy on thyroid health. And uh, this one study was really interesting because what they did was they actually they uh, took a bunch of people who had Hashimoto's thyroiditis and were taking levothyroxine, which is uh, T4 as as their medication. And they, again, placebo-controlled, so they either received 10 treatments of infrared light uh, or they received 10 treatments of placebo. And this was specifically at near-infrared wavelengths, which is one of the two wavelengths that the Juve produces. And they, uh, they did that um, at 10 treatments over 30 days. And then this is, I don't know if I would have agreed to do this in a, in a clinical trial. The volunteers were taken off of levothyroxine. So they were taken off of their thyroid meds for nine months, during which they were like continuously followed and blood work. And the researchers reintroduced as much 
levothyroxine as they needed to achieve normal results of T3, T4, free T4, and thyrotropin. So those were the the hormones that they were following. So they basically completely took them off and then redialed up their dose to see what they needed. And compared to placebo, so like they did that to placebo people too. Like, hey, let's just take you off your thyroid meds and then redial you back up again, which is brutal. But these people are heroes for volunteering for this study. So compared to placebo, the people who received the near-infrared light therapy saw a significant reduction in how much levothyroxine they needed, and many of the participants didn't need levothyroxine anymore and had completely normal thyroid markers for the entire nine-month follow-up. That's not even continuous treatment. That's nine months after 10 treatments, which is a like mind-blowing and they even showed decreased autoimmune disease activity measured by reduced thyroid peroxidized antibodies. And no other lifestyle changes. Right. That's in- just inconceivable. Right. Um, <laughs> I'm just, I don't have words. I am seriously blown away by the science on this. This is crazy Yeah, and cool. I, d- I don't, like, everybody knows that we're big advocates of diet and lifestyle changes. Like, I don't want to say, like, red light is going to cure everything and just do that. Like, I still firmly believe in the autoimmune protocol, uh, modified pa- nutrient-focused paleo diets, all of the lifestyle stuff that goes with that. Um, but I think that this this scientific evidence is so strong. And one of the things that this has this evidence has made me do is for my AI peers who are not seeing the results that they want, right? There's I always say, like, definitely if, if you're hitting three months and you're not seeing results, like time to work with a functional medicine specialist. But this is probably one of the best troubleshooting sort of biohacks that you could do because of its effects on the immune system, right? Uh, joint pain is so common in autoimmune disease. Like it's it's not just in the autoimmune diseases that affect joints. It's sort of like one of those common things, muscle pain, common things across the board, uh, low energy, common across the board. And like the juve is energizing. I can tell you from my personal experience that if I'm really slumping in the afternoon, I can go and do an extra like five minutes in front of the juve and that will get me through the rest of the day. It's like magic. Um, and just because it increases basal metabolic rate, like suddenly you have this energy to use and it just, it just energizes everything. So it's, it's really impressive and we're not even done yet. So skin health, um, I mean, it's so well studied for skin health that it's being used in a, a variety of sort of clinical situations. So being used in dermatology, cosmetic uh, dermatology offices, cosmetic surgery offices, uh, medi spas, right? You can go spend uh, a ton of money to go use a red light or near infrared light. Uh, you can go use a infrared sauna or a red light therapy bed. So they're like tanning beds, but they're red lights. So these sort of uh, industrial like for the, um, like commercial use equipment does exist and they have been well shown to smooth wrinkles, enhance skin tone, boost healing and skin regeneration, reduce inflammation, reduce cellular necrosis, uh, it co- combat acne, boost collagen formation in general. Um, it's uh, been shown to basically uh, reduce signs of skin aging. So there's been a bunch of studies that have well-controlled, placebo-controlled studies 
that have used red light and near-infrared light therapy to treat skin aging and shown uh, improvements. Um, it it's they've measured things like the inflammation markers in the skin and showed that that's been improved by red light. Um, and it's even been shown to help things like psoriasis, which is another autoimmune condition. It improved pigmentation in patients with vitiligo, which is another autoimmune condition. And it even reduced episodes of herpes, which is like crazy. It, and that's probably all via the immune effects. It uh, has been, it's been shown to improve scars, improve the skin texture after burns, uh, to increase healing. As I mentioned, like some of the very earliest uses were in um, uh, skin ulcers that weren't healing. Uh, so all of these things have been have been shown. And so these are the same wavelengths that like a Medispa will do, uh, will use for um, stretch line reduction or scar reduction. And I mean, you can go and seek these as a treatment or you can get a juve and hang it on your door. Again, my face. Although, <laughs> you know, this makes more sense to me because I did know that one of the mechanisms of the red light was faster cellular regeneration. So this idea of that being on the skin, I think, is more easy to be- for me to believe mm-hmm. than how effective it is inside. Um, and we did cover this a little bit, obviously not to this detail, in our blue light show because you have to consider – that that's the opposite of the spectrum. So what it's doing is causing damage to the skin, the blue light, where the red light would then be um, offsetting with helping healing. Um, Yeah, so I just, I love this because I hear from so many people that are looking for ways to avoid invasive treatment for these kinds of things. Um, I don't want to get into it, but one of the questions that I often hear is, you know, is Botox really bad? And if, if you're someone who has a system like autoimmune condition, introducing a toxin can cause a potential flare or something like that. So the idea that you could potentially achieve results at home with something that's safe and will also improve your health with all of these other things is such a great tool. Like that's amazing that people can can do that. Do you want to hear my secret favorite thing? <laughs> I'm ready. Uh, the red light and your infrared light therapy, uh, the red light specifically actually can also help with weight loss. And this is one of those things that, you know, I espouse, um, get healthy to lose weight. Don't lose weight to get healthy. And I think that that's very, very important. But as somebody with uh, a thyroid that um, is pretty much useless and just taking up space in my body and um, a history of obesity, I have hit a point where my body sort of refuses to lose more weight despite all of the things that I'm doing. And that little bit of weight loss resistance is totally expected after you've been overweight. So one of the things that happens is uh, your fat cells can only hold so much fat. So if you're gaining weight and your fat cells are full, uh, they divide in order to make more fat cells to hold 
more fat. And so if you've ever been significantly overweight, you have more fat cells than somebody who has never been overweight. And one of the things that happens as those fat cells shrink when you're losing weight is their nest, they they think that you're starving, right? They think that, oh my gosh, we don't have enough energy. They don't know that there's more of them and they don't like to die. I mean, this is one of the things it's, it's like a, that's the big challenge of weight loss maintenance is to get those fat cells to actually die. <laughs> it's to, and to get um, those fat cells to actually stop holding on to that last bit of fat. So they, they start producing hormones, um, inflammatory mediators that increase inflammation. They are trying to protect um, themselves from, you know, they're trying to protect you from they think you're starving when you're not because you have more fat cells. And so this leads to uh, sort of weight loss resistance. There's a bunch of other things that can cause weight loss resistance. So we've got a lot of hormones that have to be dialed in for our body to be able to access stored energy. So what's like, crazy cool about red light therapy is that it can actually bypass all of those systems to access the stored energy in your fat cells. So part of this is the increase in basal metabolic rate. So you're burning more calories for starters. But the other thing is there's actually been studies that show that uh, red light therapy creates what are called micropores in our fat cells that bypass all of the usual mechanisms for accessing stored fat and liberates the fatty acids from those cells. They can then enter the circulation and you can burn them as calories. So the red light therapy is actually bypassing all of these things that our, our body is trying to do to stop us from burning that fat and letting that fat into our blood so that we can actually burn it. So it's not like magic make the felt mat make the fat melt away. Like you still have to burn the energy, uh, so you still have to combine it with a, a caloric deficit, at least a moderate caloric deficit. But this is why there's now all of these um, machines in Medispas and cosmetic dermatology and cosmetic um, practices that are they're like body contouring type machines, they're using uh, what's either so-called low-level laser, which is the same thing as these red light lasers, to um, you know, basically spot treat. So there's been a variety of studies showing that it can reduce overall circumference measurements. It can, um, been, it's been shown to reduce waist, thighs, upper arms, hips. There's even been studies showing that it can reduce uh, cellulite um, there's, and there's been like some, like there, it's, it's a fairly big effect. So one study showed they did red light therapy every other day for two weeks and they reduced the combined waist tip thigh measurements by th an average of three inches. So that's not a huge, right? That's waist plus hips plus thigh changed by three inches. So it's not like that person went and lost 10 pounds, but this is like that person didn't do anything else. And this basically liberated fat from their fat cells and allowed them to burn that energy. So, um, and there's been other studies. So there was one where they did it, uh, once weekly for six weeks and, um, they had the sort of waist, hip, thigh, upper abdomen, circumference combined was 5.4 inches. So like 
and these are placebo controlled studies again. So it is, um, I think really exciting. And I can tell you that also I experienced weight loss once I started losing the juve. Um, I lost, uh, nearly 20 pounds, um, within the first few months and have kept it off. So that's been something that, um, you know, I, there's a lot of things that can be going on with weight loss resistance. My number one thing is make sure you're getting enough sleep. There was a new study published just this week showing uh, that sleep is really, really important for a huge cascade of um, literally like, again, it sort of changes in DNA expression. So what, what genes are turned on or off that impact metabolism and also impact uh, lean muscle mass. So like not getting enough sleep, you're going to erode your muscle before you use your fat stores. So sleep, make sure you're not um, have any uh, nutrient deficiencies, make sure you are achieving a caloric deficit, don't go too low fat or too low carb, right? There's all these other things that are really, really important for, for weight loss. Maintain insulin sensitivity, make sure that you're active. But this is an amazing boost, especially for people who are doing everything right and not seeing results. I remember that that's what our conversation was about. And at the time, it was it was a big deal, but it was also you wanted to make sure that it was going to last and that you knew the science on it before talking about it. So I love that you shared how effective that was for you because we, that's what started the original conversation between us. So awesome. It's, it's, it's hard not to be excited about something like that. Which is also, again, I, I want to point out that as you noted, weight loss can often be more detrimental to people's health than it is helpful when we're talking about, you know, the effects of, you know, chronic um, cardio or a huge amount of caloric deficit and what those things can do to our hormones. So to introduce something that will help with weight loss, but will also help health is just, you know, like I keep stumbling over my words because it's, it's nothing short of amazing, incredible, all these other words that I keep using. And I hope that people are as excited and, and impressed as I am because this is something that is such a no brainer to give a try. Like what's the worst that could happen? Nothing. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's no downside. So we don't even have time to get into the improved muscle recovery in athletes. Like there's so many other benefits that are just going to help overall health. And I do want to briefly mention for our listeners who struggle with weight the other way and struggle, um, to, to achieve their underweight and they're struggling to achieve a, a, a healthy weight. It doesn't actually kill the fat cells. So because of that, if you are not working on a caloric deficit, it's not going to result in weight loss. It may result in fat depositions moving. So one of the interesting things is when you liberate fat, you know, subcutaneous fat from your abdomen, for example, it can end up in your muscle where it is more easily used for uh, activity, which is is cool for somebody with resistance to weight loss. Um, But if you're not if you don't have the caloric deficit, you're not going to lose weight with this. So that's a a note for people who are hoping to lose weight with a juve, but B also a like, don't worry if you're somebody who doesn't have weight to lose. 
Um, make sure you're doing all of the other things to keep your weight up of supporting digestion, getting enough sleep, managing stress and eating sufficient calories and getting nutrient density. And this is not going to like erode those efforts. Awesome. So for Terry, I think mm -hmm. ultimately the answer is yes, it's not a scam. <laughs> and um, it's, it's worth checking out if any of these things apply to you. And I can't imagine a single person who all of this, at least some of it, wouldn't apply to them. Right. But it is important to mention that the wavelength matters, the power density matters, the dose matters. So it, it is true that different devices provide different wavelengths of light, different energy deposition, um, so a different amount of time that you need to be there to get a certain amount of energy in your tissues. And one of the things that happened in this field of study, especially in a lot of the early research, is you would have some studies show an effect and some, some studies not show an effect. And one of the things that researchers recognized over time was that that actually was not because photobiomodulation wasn't a thing, but that the wavelengths and the energy deposition were really, really important. As that's, those have become more standardized, that's where the science has gotten really, really exciting. So not all options provide the right wavelengths or the right amount of energy to actually be effective. And that's one of the reasons why I have fallen in love with Juve is because they're as nerdy about all of the science as I am. Actually, they're probably more so, which is kind of hard to imagine after all of my excitement over the last hour. But they have really meticulously designed their um, light therapy panels to optimize the effects of red light and near-infrared light therapy. So they have... Um, right, the best absorption for our tissues and the best effects for red light is between 660 and 670 nanometers, which is right where Juve is. And for infrared, it's between 830 and 850 nanometers, which is right where Juve is. And, you know, Juve is also depositing um, at least four, it's four to six joules per square centimeter, which is, um, that's this high power output that has been shown to be really important. So one of the things that happens with a lot of home devices is even if the wavelengths are right, they're just not powerful enough to deposit enough energy to deliver those effects. So it's one of the things that I have, um, I mean, it's it's why I endorse Juve. It's it's one of the things that makes them so amazing, is that they have gone to that effort to create a home device that develop that that gives you clinical amounts of red light and near infrared light therapy at home on the back of your bathroom door. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for dropping all of the knowledge bobs, Sarah. Um, I just want to remind everyone that if you are interested in looking into it, again, you can see the ones that we're talking about on juve.com slash paleo view, and that's J-O-O-V-V. -V. Um, and thank you, Terry, for asking this question because... I love learning new things and this was a great show for me. So I will definitely share about my experience. I'm, I should be able to tell, Oh, I use the shirt word. If it's effective for me, 
I will feel it in my joints the way that you talked about it with arthritis and that kind of stuff almost immediately, I'm assuming. Um, so I'm excited to kind of give it a go and I'll, I'll check in in a few weeks and let you know, hopefully once our house is done, it will be my next project to start taking on. Uh, these days I wake up early and I go downstairs and talk to construction workers about (laughs) all of the things that's happening. So go down 10 minutes later and just hang out naked in front of a red light first. Yeah, but then I get less sleep because I'm waking up 10 minutes earlier. You know, it's a trade-off situation. I got to I got to figure out. So that is a question I wanted to ask, actually. Is there an ideal time of day, morning, night, I'd... that your body is going to be more receptive? Yeah, so I always try to do uh, like 3 p.m. is my cutoff for the juve. So I always um, try to do the juve. Usually it's after I get home from the gym. I shower and I juve. So it's typically mid-morning. Um, and the reason for that is the boost in metabolism could at least hypothetically uh, make it harder to sleep. That being said, there are plenty of people who own juves who use it right at night because it's red light. So it's not going to interfere with your melatonin production. And some people actually find that it helps them sleep because it's it, it warms your body. It feels very soothing. My feeling on it is uh, as somebody who struggles for, to get deep sleep is anything that's rubbing up my metabolism before bed is not going to be awesome. So I definitely use mine in the first half of the day. Um, but there isn't really like, uh, there isn't a good scientific study to point to, to say what would be an optimal time of day for that. Awesome. That's helpful. And I'm glad I asked. Well, I want to, again, thank Juve for sponsoring this podcast and, uh, also just being awesome because I don't get to be so excitedly nerdy about all things. And uh, one last time, listeners, head over to jovv.com forward slash paleo view and check it out. Uh, it's, it's just an amazing, amazing biohack. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back again next week. Thank you for listening to the Paleo View. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to rate us on iTunes. You can also support us by shopping for our favorite paleo products on the sidebars of our individual websites or by donating through PayPal. You sure? Uh, Yes, your sound is excellent now. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. I give it five thumbs up. That's mixing thumbs and stars. See what I did there? It's Mm. supposed to be funny. It's not. That's fine. Yeah, I actually had like this vision of how many hands and feet it takes to get there Who knows? <laughs> it's two and a half people <laughs> approximately approximately but i have to get up at 4 a.m for a flight on monday ew um so <laughs> i love your response you're like the idea of that is ew <laughs> yes i do not i do not like uh so um we were actually talking about sleep at the gym this morning and Mitchell is one of the coaches says, here's the thing. I believe morning starts at 5 a.m. No. Anytime simple. before 5 a.m. is the middle of the night. Yeah, I don't, I think 6 a.m. is morning. Like, <laughs> I believe, no, here's what I believe very strongly. Sunrise is morning. So people who voluntarily wake up while it's still dark outside, they're up in the night. Like so depend, depending on.
depending on where you live and what side of the time zone you're in and what time of year, there are places where like the sun is coming up at five. Right. Some time of year. Yes. And there are places like Alaska. I'll, I'll give them a pass there, you know, <laughs> where the sun does not indicate day or night, but for the <laughs> most part, <laughs> not unless it's one big day and one big, they're not in the Arctic circle, but still. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.